0: A Podcast 1 Production. Hey, I'm former Australian beach sprinter and fitness trainer Katie Williams. When I was competing, I would do anything I needed to do to be the best. But now that I'm retired, I'm trying to develop a more balanced relationship with my diet, exercise, and my body image. In each episode, I'll try a different diet or lifestyle challenge for two weeks to see if it helps me think, move or feel better. For the next two weeks, the challenge I'm taking on on... is eating from big to small. So why do I wanna try this style of eating? Do you want the honest truth? I don't really wanna try it. (laughs) But I also like to lean into what makes me uncomfortable and this challenge makes me so uncomfortable. My diet and eating windows change a lot depending on what's going on with my lifestyle. If I'm training more, I'm eating a bit more, I'm upping my protein. If I'm getting up early, then I will eat breakfast when I'm hungry. If I'm sleeping in a little later and I'm not that hungry, then I won't. So I'm pretty intuitive with my eating and I do my best to eat when I'm hungry. I'm pretty happy with the way I eat now, but I'm definitely willing to try a new eating window or try a new diet to experiment to see what works for me. And it's also good to keep the body guessing and to add variety in everywhere I can. The reason why I'm doing this challenge is I guess I want to shake my system up a little bit to see if I can actually do it because it's going against everything I'm doing now. I want to try something new with my eating patterns, give my digestive system a little break and to see if it actually helps change my appetite a little bit. Before starting this challenge, I want to speak to Dr. Nick Fuller. He's a leading obesity researcher in Australia with 12 years of experience at Sydney Uni He's helped thousands of people on their sustainable weight loss journey and helped his patients adopt healthier eating patterns and also help them with their appetite hormones. I'm not doing this challenge to lose any weight. I'm just doing this challenge to see how my body responds to it. I'm really interested to see how my appetite goes over the next two weeks. I want to get Nick into the studio to ask him if this diet is something that I should do. How can I do it, what the rules are, and what the portion sizes are? Also, what impact it has on the body and my appetite hormones. And last but not least, what the long-term benefits are for eating this way. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Nick Fuller, leading obesity researcher in Australia with 12 years experience at Sydney Uni. He's helped thousands of people on their sustainable weight loss journey. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you very much for having me on the show, Katie.
0: You are an amazing man. This is going to be truly epic. I find you fascinating and I find your method of weight loss fascinating. So what is your background?
1: Well, I initially came from a commercial background working in corporate health, delivering the advice behind a lot of those TV shows that we watch where we prescribe weight loss. But at the time, I sort of realized that what we were doing was for purely visual effect and Um, My values were certainly not aligned with what I suspected long-term was going to be not good for these people's health and weight because of the drastic measures we're putting them through. So I went back to uh, an academic clinical setting, started working with patients, did some more studies, um, and then finished my doctorate in weight management. Basically, my passion and my research is, I guess, educating the general public on Uh, how our body responds to weight loss. Because quite simply, dieting doesn't work. And if it did, we wouldn't see this increase in the obesity epidemic or the number of people that are overweight and or obese in the modern era. Basically, dieting is contributing to the very thing it proclaims to solve. So part of my mission is to disseminate that research and science from a clinical academic setting to the general public to equip them with the tools so they can regain control of their health And importantly, their weight, because, you know, most of us are struggling. Two in three are struggling with our waistlines.
0: Can you tell me this style of eating? Can you explain what this method of eating is?
1: Sure. So one of, I guess, these pieces of research that is now in the public domain is called this interval weight loss program, because what we're addressing, remember, is preventing weight regain. We want to prevent our body fighting itself, preventing the usual response to weight loss. Mm. Because typically when you lose weight, your body starts to slow down, your metabolism will drop, Mm -hmm. appetite hormones will change, your thyroid function will be suppressed, your adrenal glands will start pumping out more cortisol. There's um, eight biological protections or physiological responses that kick into gear when you lose weight. So basically you're doomed for failure. So what we're doing with our um, research when we you know, I guess people through our clinics and use them as human guinea pigs is we're measuring the response to dieting. Right. So we want to prevent this happening. We want to prevent the drop in metabolism, the the increase in appetite hormones telling us to eat more, et cetera, et cetera. Which
0: then leads to the weight gain. That's right. Interesting.
1: So we've come up with this program, the Interval Weight Loss Program, which has got these six key steps. One in particular is eating from big to small throughout the day. Because in the modern day environment, we have it completely the wrong way around. We
0: do. I do it the wrong way around. (laughs) We all do.
1: We run out the door. We're we're lucky to get our hands on a coffee, a takeaway coffee, maybe a couple of kids under each arm. And we get to lunch and we start to pick up our food intake, but it really picks up in the afternoon slash evening time. Most of our calories are consumed at the end of the day. And This is why it's one of these key principles of this IWR plan. It is about changing that. We should be eating from big to small because it is better for long-term weight management. It's better for not only trying to lose the weight, but keeping the weight off. And that's what we have the wrong way around.
0: This is fascinating. So how does eating big to small actually work for weight loss?
1: Okay, so there's a great research study that was published very recently. What they did was they sat down people... To the identical meal and measured the diet thermogenesis, basically how much calories are burnt by the body after consuming that meal. And what they found was the people that had the same meal at breakfast burnt the calories two and a half times more efficiently than what they did if they had that same meal at the evening time, same amount of calories. So your body is better able to burn the calories, use those calories in the morning time compared to the evening time. How big or small do my
0: meals need to be? Like what are the portions?
1: Visually for the listeners, what that looks like is roughly three closed fists in the morning time, two closed fists at lunch and one in the evening meal. So that doesn't, <laughs> in, that doesn't include salad and vegetables. That's, Thank God. Okay. Yeah, we can have unlimited salad and vegetables. That, that's something we shouldn't be restricting. But a rough guide for everyone starting, males and females, is three, two, one. But once you've started, you might find that you need a bit more at breakfast. You might be four, three, two. Or for someone else, it might be two and a half, one and a half, one. So everyone's different, but it's a rough guide of three, two, one. And you do have snacks in between. But remember, what we're doing is we're tapering off. Importantly, the food consumption throughout right. the day.
0: And would you say the majority of this is whole foods?
1: Whole foods. Foods found in their natural state. So the ra- the reach uh, for nature and the, and the full rainbow principle, basically every meal should be nutritionally balanced. Yes. So, for example, that means having a whole grain source um, of carbohydrate. Breakfast, it could be your oats. You need to have a source of protein with that. So you could have some yogurt on top of that mm-hmm. or some milk, a dairy product. And then it needs to have a source of fat. Mm-hmm. So that source of fat is going to be a healthy fat. Um, it could be some nuts and seeds. That meal then is nutritionally balanced and mm-hmm. it ticks off that principle. It's going to make sure you're satiated from it mm-hmm. and you're not going to be hungry for a couple of hours afterwards, as opposed to having something processed uh, and or packaged which will, you know, leave you hungry in 20 to 30 minutes. It's about nutritionally balancing your meal with a whole grain carb, a protein source, and a fat source, and doing that at every meal. You can go to the fruits and vegetables and salad and vegetables unlimited at every meal. Mm. And then when you snack, you need to reach for nature. So think of things like your avocado, your nuts and seeds. Perfect. Your fruits, things like that. So you're actually eating more, not less. You're loading up your body.
0: Is there anyone that shouldn't do this style of eating, like teenagers or athletes? No. So with with
1: teenagers, it's very important to realise that during that time you're still growing and developing and you haven't reached your uh, maturity in terms of height and Mm. physical development. So you should never be focusing on weight. But you can still be eating from big to small because that is still important for health. When it comes to, say, a group like those that are pregnant, uh, they need more energy. So mm. instead of the three, two, one, they're probably going to need four, three, two, cool. because they need one and a half times the energy mm. um, than what someone that is not pregnant needs.
0: Awesome! So it's still the same philosophy; it's just more energy for them. Yes. That's really cool. I like that. So Nick, this is a challenge-based podcast. We brought you in the studio to set me a challenge. What is it?
1: So your challenge. Um, is to eat big to small throughout the day. And I'm not going to put this, I guess, lightly. It's going to be hard for you, <laughs> especially how you've described your eating habits. You yes. know, you're, you're ramping up your food intake at the end of the day. But again, this is typical for the for everyone in the population. We're having the majority of our calories and food at the end of the day. The first couple of weeks are the hardest, okay, because you're going to keep telling me that you're not hungry in the morning, And that you don't feel like eating, but I'm going to force you to have something small and to gradually pick it up. And over time, (laughs) especially after a couple of weeks, you will start to notice that change in your appetite signaling system. You'll start to say, you know what, Nick, I'm actually waking up a little bit hungrier now and I'm not needing as much food at the evening meal. It's going to take you two months to firmly solidify that habit. Because again, we know from research that it takes 66 days to form a habit. But after a couple of weeks, you're going to notice the difference. But it's going to be hard. And the first few days, you're going to keep screaming and saying, hang on, why am I eating? I'm not hungry. you just got to keep remembering why, because your body's going to use those calories more efficiently. And over time, your appetite signaling system will start to say, hey, I am hungry. And this is an appetite hormone called ghrelin. Mm. Basically, it goes up in the mornings goes up whenever we haven't eaten for a long period of time, but you will notice that time after a period of fasting, for instance, the evening sleep, where it starts to go up. And that is going to tell your brain that you need to eat. So after a couple of weeks practicing this big to small, you'll notice your ghrelin levels going up in the morning and you're going to look forward to breakfast.
0: So I do have some fears for this challenge. This is going against the way I eat now. I unintentionally eat more at night because... I don't know. We kind of always have as a family and I've just kept that habit. So I unintentionally eat more at night. All my meals, breakfast, lunch, and dinner are probably roughly the same size, except my dinner is a little bit more. I don't like the idea of eating less at night. <laughs> I like the idea of eating less at the morning. From my understanding, from my body, and I and I can't wait for me to be proven wrong, but from my understanding The way I feel when I have a big breakfast early in the morning is I can feel sluggish during the day. So, I guess my fears are that this is totally going against what I normally do. I'm not hungry in the mornings. I now have to eat in the mornings. I'm very hungry at night. I now have to tailor back my meal size. I'm a big eater. I eat a lot. I'm a bit of a volume eater. I'm worried can I eat out at night? Is this something I can do? I'm worried about feeling hungry, not being able to eat. And I suppose I'm worried about cravings and am I allowed to eat when I get a craving? I don't know. There seems to be a few rules and I'm a pretty free eater.
1: There's a lot of fears.
0: There's a lot of fears.
1: You have to trust, I guess, in the science and that it's going to take time. Yeah. Okay. Now it's very hard for me to remember all those fears just I've (laughs) got to be honest
0: with you. I'll do my best.
1: (laughs) So look, to start with, you're going to still want more food at the evening meal because remember unless you put more calories at the start of the day, your body's going to crave them at the end of the day. So you've got to start with something. And I'm not saying sit down to a ginormous breakfast from day one. Mm -hmm. Start with something small, small bowl of oats, piece of fruit, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And then you might look to start to have two small breakfasts, which will add up to one bigger breakfast or the three rough guide of three fists. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: When you do that, over time you're going to start to notice a reduction in your appetite at the evening meal. So don't okay. fear that. That will happen, but it's not going to happen straight away. Yeah. The other fear with the even the the morning time when you're not hungry. Again, your appetite signaling system is suppressed from these years and years of habits mm. which we do as a population. Again, you'll start to notice this again not straight away, but over a couple of weeks you'll wake up looking forward to breakfast, Mm. wanting something to eat. But that is only going to happen if you start to reduce the evening meal and you put something at the breakfast time. Yes. So, look, it's a bit of a catch-22, but you've got to start by adding breakfast, having something small, having something. Maybe then look to have two small breakfasts until you get to a point where you can sit down to one breakfast. Um, But for many people anyway, they have to because they run out the door or have something, run out the door and then have another breakfast when they get to work Gotcha. when they're following this practice of eating.
0: So essentially it's helping regulate appetite and hunger hormones.
1: Absolutely. So that's what
0: I'm changing in this. Yes. That's cool. I really like that.
1: We're allowing us to tap back into our appetite signaling system, the one that's been numbed, suppressed, switched off.
0: Yes, but switched on at night.
1: Switched on at night. because when <laughs> Almost
0: ha- everyone that I know, including me, comes home and is like, all right, well, let's go. And it, don't get me wrong, I'm not sitting down to binge, but I am the hungriest at night. And I've kind of – I haven't always been the hungriest at night, but depending on what's going on in my lifestyle, like I said, if I'm up super early, I will eat brekkie. It depends on what time I wake up in the morning. If I've been physically active, I will have breakfast. But if I haven't been physically active and I'm not hungry, I don't eat until I'm hungry. But then once I do start eating – blood gates open, like you said, hunger hormones are, are switched on and you're ready to go, you're ready to eat. And it can often lead us to make poorer
1: and unhealthy food choices. Mm. You know, we're ravenous, we've waited till hunger kicks in, the ghrelin levels have gone up. That can be detrimental, especially for someone that is, you know, trying to lose weight. Mm. We're preventing hunger, we want to eat regularly, so we're having sort of five meals, big to small, after morning and afternoon tea as well. Yeah. Just keep thinking that and telling yourself, if I have something in the morning and have a substantial lunch, my appetite will slowly reduce at the evening meal. Now, to start with, you're still going to be hungry, remember, at dinner. Mm. So you can go back for more salad, more vegetables. Okay. And the other little trick and tip I'm going to give you is to eat off a smaller plate or a smaller bowl. So use a bread and butter size plate. We get less food on it. Yep. Use a rice sized bowl and perhaps use a utensil you're uncomfortable with. Okay, try the chopsticks. For, for dinner. Try the oyster fork. Try the teaspoon. It will slow down your eating habits. Instead of shoveling it in, you're going to allow time from, for the signals to be sent from your stomach to your brain to tell you you're full. That process takes anywhere between 10 and 20 minutes. Typically, we eat the meal within five to seven minutes. We haven't even allowed it for that. Slows you down. It slows you down. And that's what it's all about.
0: This is the worst thing you could do to me is make me eat small meals at night. The, the, worst.
1: the other one you mentioned actually was the sort of concern from a social perspective.
0: Yes. I'm a very big, I go out a lot Yeah, and I eat out a lot. Okay. I'm healthy, yep. but most of my life is very balanced. So I like, if I go out for dinner, I'll have some rosé, I have a cocktail. Tonight, I'm going to have a drink. I'm going to get Mexican. So I actually have to start, I'm just going to start this challenge today. So really, it could impact my social life.
1: Yes. And- I guess that is a huge concern for many people because when they say they're going on a diet, they go, I can't go out. I just can't do this. I can't deal with the pressuring that I get from friends and not knowing what to choose on the menu. But in this instance, remember, you can still do everything you're typically doing. You're just having a smaller volume. So from a weight management perspective, we we basically tell people during the weight loss phase um, when they're losing the couple of kilos, just go out once. Yep. a week, get your takeaway or your dining out once a week. When you're in the weight maintenance phase, remember when you maintain it from the month before, you can have two. So the allowance cool. goes up. Um, and when you go out, you can enjoy and have whatever you want. So okay. you go to the Mexican and you eat whatever meal it is. Right. You don't have to worry as much about the portion during that time because you're only doing it once, once. a week or twice in the weight maintenance. But if you're going out all of the time, yeah, look, that could have its implications from a health perspective because- of all those hidden goodies that we find in in foods when we're, you know, um, going to a restaurant, the extra fat, salt, sugar. But, yeah, you could have an entree-sized meal. You could look to share main meals between people. And, yeah, if you are eating out more often, potentially choosing healthier options. But more importantly, trying to curb that down to once a week for healthy, balanced eating.
0: What changes do you think I should expect from doing this challenge physically, mentally, and socially?
1: Physically, you're going to notice uh, an improvement in your vitality Mm. and energy levels, and you're going to, for someone that's trying to lose weight, they're going to notice a change in their weight, remember, from that energy um, or burning the calorie perspective. Mm. From the mental health perspective, you will feel so much better because you're not depriving yourself. Dieting and people trying to lose weight typically go out and restrict and diet. This is the opposite. We're saying eat more, eat Mm. big to small. And then from the other mental perspective, cognitive uh, function Mm. does improve when we have breakfast and we start our day with food. And then from the social point of view, look, there shouldn't be that concern that other people are going to point the finger at you and ask you what diet you're on because you're doing exactly what you were previously doing, except sitting down at the dinner table, um, away from technology, eating slower and eating less meal, but continually going back for salad and vegetables if you're still hungry.
0: Assuming that's not covered in ranch dressing, like I'm using, like I've got to be kind of switched on. I can't just put butter on things. So it's vegetables without all of the toppings and the dressings and that are adding in extra calories.
1: Absolutely. Yep. And that is a good point because um, we do need to keep thinking of that raw natural state. Yep. You know, you might be pan frying them in some olive oil or, or um, yep. um, steaming them or whatever, but yeah, going back to vegetables and mm. salad as, as that go-to. But over time, you're going to notice that your hunger's going down and you cool. won't need as much anyway.
0: That's really exciting. Do you think two weeks is long enough to notice changes? You will definitely not
1: start to notice a difference in your appetite yes. signaling system. But it's not going to be that picture-perfect representation of what you want, okay? It's going to take a couple of months for that to kick into gear, but you're going to start to say... Yes, I am noticing my hunger go up in the morning and I'm noticing that I need less food at the end of the day.
0: So my homework for this challenge is to eat from big to small. I'm going to go from three fist size portions from breakfast, two at lunch and one at dinner. Or if I'm really hungry, I can do four, three, two, but I'm just tailoring down how much food I'm having in the afternoon. My snacks are natural. So you said opting for fruit, Veggies, maybe some nuts.
1: Yeah, nuts and seeds. You could have some avocado and some whole grain bread or whole grain crackers. Keep thinking, yeah, nature's treats. Another good one is dairy products, some yogurt.
0: Cool. The meals that I am having are balanced. So we're going for a carb, a fat and a protein for breakfast, lunch and dinner to make sure that I am satisfied and that I'm eating whole natural foods.
1: Yes, absolutely. That's the perfect summary of it. It is a carb, a protein and fat at every meal and big to small with morning and afternoon tea.
0: Nick, thank you so much for coming in. This was such an interesting episode and I can't wait to do this challenge.
1: It was a great pleasure being part of your show and talking to you and thank you for the
0: opportunity. Good luck. You're welcome. Thank you. I'm not sure I'm looking forward to this one. (laughs) I still drink rosé. I still have cocktails. I'm not sure. I don't. I don't think. Um. I don't think I'm supposed to. But uh, I don't know. I hopefully can stick to the rules for this one. We'll see how we go. I've just done a huge training session and I'm starving. So I've gone to Chargo Charlie's. It's a Friday night, and I got a superfood quinoa salad with an avocado bean salad as well. I'm still hungry, and it's ten o'clock. So. I'm gonna listen to my body and I'm gonna have some food. Dinner number two or a snack, we'll see. A part of my homework is to choose nature as a snack. So luckily I love fruit. I've also been having carrot and hummus and lots of yummy capskins as well. So yeah, just enjoying it. This is the first time I've ever said this, but I feel like I'm failing this challenge. And I'd rather just be honest with you than um, tell you that I've been sailing through because I certainly haven't been sailing through and um, I've actually found this challenge quite challenging. Is this challenge easier to do when you have no social activities for two weeks? Yes, so yeah, that's what's happening. If you want to watch me take on this challenge in real time, I do a vlog where I take you on the full journey, all the socializing, all the eating, all the alcohol drinking and all the struggles. Watch it on my Instagram at Katie Williams or on the Podcast One Australia YouTube channel. Look for my Better For It playlist and hit subscribe so you never miss a video. Okay, so I've spent the last two weeks eating from big to small and the challenge is now over. So the question is, am I better for it? Well, the answer is no. No, I wasn't better for it. I felt like I failed this challenge. I felt like I failed because it was such a jam-packed social few weeks for me. Now, I had two hens parties. I had a friend's engagement dinner. I had a friend's birthday. I had two family dinners and I had catch-ups with friends. And during these two weeks, I felt that I couldn't eat big to small hundred percent of the time. I reckon I did this challenge at about 70% and I'd rather be honest with you and say, I feel like I failed it because I am super disciplined and I am someone that likes to take things on hundred percent. All right. Starting from week one, let's look at this. The first few days were a real struggle. I didn't like eating when I wasn't hungry in the mornings. I felt slower in the morning eating first thing. I kind of felt like eating first thing in the morning spiked my hunger for the rest of the day. I hated reducing my portion sizes during the day. I guess that's because my portion sizes usually increase as the days continue. I tried eating with a small plate and a small fork and chopsticks, and I just felt a bit silly. I definitely consumed more mindfully and I slowed down a lot with my eating. I ate a lot more fruit, veggies, nuts, seeds, and grains to try and counterbalance the nights that I had drinking and also eating out. Week one was a really busy week for me, and I wasn't as prepared as I should have been and my meals weren't as nutritionally balanced as they could have been. Week two, I started to feel hungrier in the mornings and less snacky in the afternoons. To be honest, my energy was pretty consistent, and I did feel more stable with my hunger only on some days. To be honest, I felt like my hunger was all over the place in week two. I woke up hungry some mornings and some mornings not. Some nights I was hungry and some nights I wasn't. This was not the challenge's fault. It was the fact that I wasn't sticking to it 100%. It was the fact that there were some nights I was eating out and having alcohol and then trying to get back on the horse the next day. No wonder my appetite and my hunger was a little bit out of whack because I wasn't as consistent with this challenge as I would have liked to have been. I wasn't massively physically active, but for the days I was, I increased my food intake because I was more hungry. I spoke to Nick about this and he told me to listen to my body and I should never feel deprived. On the plus side, I ate a lot more fruit. When I overindulged, I got straight back on the challenge the next day. My meals were way more balanced in week two, and I was a lot more organized for sure, with grocery shopping and having healthy food on hand always. My fears did play out throughout the challenge. Eating when I wasn't hungry didn't make me feel good, like eating in the mornings. Feeling hungry at night, I didn't really feel super hungry. I felt like I was pretty satisfied, but that's because I think my portion sizes were still a little bit too big. My impact to my physical, social, and mental health was pretty similar. Changing my appetite and metabolism isn't going to happen overnight, and it's certainly not a super quick change. For years, I've eaten this way, and I wasn't expecting to have super quick results. Physically, I felt pretty similar. I did wake up feeling lighter and definitely with more energy because I wasn't going to bed with, you know, a full tummy, and I feel like I was sleeping pretty well. Mentally, I felt the exact same. And socially, I wasn't very impacted because I didn't really let it affect my social life. But if I was more consistent with it and followed all the rules, then it probably could have affected my social life in somewhat of a negative way. But like I said, got back on the horse the next day and started the challenge again. Two weeks wasn't really enough time for me to notice benefits. I do believe this is something that you need to continue for a few months. Yes, it is good for habit formation, but to actually change your body or to change your metabolism or your appetite, it could take longer than a few weeks. But I'm open to trying again. And when I'm going to do it again, I'll cook a lot more of my meals from home when things aren't so crazy busy. These two weeks were pretty full on, and I was in and out of the city almost every day, plus socializing a lot, which made the challenge a lot harder. Would I recommend you try this challenge? Absolutely. I think it's a really cool one to try, and it's cool to experiment with your diet and, of course, your eating windows. But just do what works for you. Use your body as an experiment. I do have some tips for you if you are going to try this challenge don't involve any alcohol. It just doesn't work. Do it with a friend. It's hard to stay disciplined on your own. And if I did this with a friend, I would have for sure done it at 100%. Be prepared, do some meal prep, cook as much as you can from home and prep your fridge with lots of fresh groceries. Get enough sleep because sleep massively impacts hunger. And of course your appetite control and be prepared to have your hunger and your appetite all over the shop whilst your body adjusts. If you're seriously wanting change, you have to stick to it, which is something I struggle with. Consistency for me just wasn't there for this challenge, but I'm still happy with how I went. So that's it for my two weeks of eating big to small. My next challenge is learning how to do yin yoga with Melissa Kitchen. Join me next time to see if I'm better for it. Better For It was presented by Katie Williams and produced in collaboration with Podcast One Australia. Producer, Lindsay Green. Audio producer, Darcy Thompson. And executive producer, Jennifer Goggin. For more episodes, head to podcast Download the free Podcast One Australia app or search Better For It Podcast.